I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into this week's Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report Podcast Network. I'm Colm Cronin, joining you from a somewhat snowy uh, Minnesota. Seeing my first real proper snow in uh, in Minneapolis, so a little bit up up north, uh, back in Minneapolis in the Twin Cities, and joined as always uh, by my colleague Stuart Roach. Stuart, happy 2024. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well, Colm. Always better when I get the chance to chat with my old mate. Uh, although I have no idea what what could we possibly talk about this week because so little has happened in Broncos country. We're going to really struggle to fill the uh, half hour, I imagine. Wow, like you go away for a few days, the whole thing blows up. I mean, seriously, my God. So we, yes, we we recorded our last podcast. Um, and I think it was a matter of hours when the uh, the bombshell dropped. Um, thankfully, we did spend some time talking about the future of Russell Wilson on on last week's podcast. And I think both of us had said that we we felt that he wasn't going to be the quarterback in twenty twenty four. And so you know, hey, that that it didn't take Kirkwell Poro to to work that one out. But still, it was something I was surprised when it happened. Call I mean, nothing is official yet, but all the signs suggest that. You know, at the end, 
has come for Russell, um, which seems to have sparked round 28 in Broncos country civil war. Uh, it seems like there's a civil war around the corner. Um, so this, uh, as, as I was listening, I don't know, you probably listened to a couple of podcasts. I was listening to Sting's podcast this morning, Colin. He said, um, I'm not sure about the real world, but there seems to be an incredible amount of uh, Russ sympathizers online. Um, so, so yeah, that, that, that seems to have been sort of the, the week uh, has been just a continuation. Um, there's an awful lot of, uh, you know, sort of, and the ability to kind of hold hands up to go, yes, we run, or also to kind of go, yeah, this is the right move. I think we seem to, people seem to be entrenched now uh, in their various positions. But the reality is, Colin, the Russell Wilson is 99.9% gone, and we will be starting yet another search for a QB uh, in the next couple of weeks, um, although more likely it will be through the draft, you'd have to think, giving our hellish cap structure. Um, and the dearth of decent free agents. Um, there's always the trade route, but uh, I, I'd imagine that we are probably looking at a QB in the draft in uh, April, May. So something to look forward to in the offseason. Yeah, I suppose uh, on that, Stuart, like um, we had, yeah, we'd gone through, I think, the, the AFC uh, QBs last week and we talked about Russell Wilson's contract and where where he sat and, and how many of the uh, AFC QBs might be ahead of him. We didn't get into the the NFC, um, but we, we could potentially have kind of gotten in uh, to that. I suppose, I, like, there's so many aspects to this. Um, and one of the things I, I think that's been interesting, uh, that are, at least from my perspective, is around the contract. Because I went back and looked back as... Um, you know, people were, I suppose, talking about um, the the contract and like, well, once the trade had, because there was, we've talked about that the, the trade we understood, I think everyone can understand the trade, the contract has been the issue. And there was kind of some um, talk over the last few weeks that, oh, well, once once the trade done, the, the contract, you know, it had to happen. But when you when you look at it, um, and I, I went back to 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 look at articles at that time, like a lot of the times we have seen teams trade, and there's an immediate announcement about a new contract, and that's generally when a player has insisted that a new contract be part of uh, any trade, because again, Russ had a no trade clause, just like he has now in the Seattle deal, so he had to be willing to waive that. So he knew that the Broncos probably were going to give him. Um, uh, a contract extension at some point, but it didn't happen immediately. And I look back at some of the reporting around this, Stuart, and one of the things that I thought was interesting was that right at the end of March, and remember now that the deal had happened uh, a number of weeks before this, Jeff Lowe uh, at The Athletic had a piece um, saying, unlike with other traded stars, Broncos and Russell Wilson taking their time for a new deal. And it discussed the fact that both teams had talked about, you know, nothing uh, was imminent, that Russ had two years remaining. Uh, and he also pointed out um, that, um, you know, they, um, that, that Jared Goff uh, and Matthew Stafford were, were both playing on their respective deals after the, the trade that happened to take Stafford to, to the Rams. Um, and uh, there was also the fact that Russ had 
played out his previous contract extensions uh, in 2015 and 2019. They only occurred uh, with one year remaining on his contract. So that Russ, it wasn't like Russ was somebody who at the time seemed to be pushing to, to get this done. Now, it did get done. And we are now dealing with the the consequences. It's also funny looking back, Stuart, because a number of the articles make uh, reference to the fact that Seattle had an enormous dead cap hit, a huge dead cap hit, a massive dead cap hit of $26 when they moved on from Russ, which seems quite quaint uh, a mere two years later, given some of the dead cap hits uh, that the Packers have taken, that the Broncos are likely uh, taking. But so... I just think it's important that we have that context, that the the contract was a decision that the Broncos really made. Um, there were certainly people advocating, banging the table to get it done um, as, as quickly as possible. Um, it doesn't seem that, every, that that was the case with everyone, and it didn't seem that that's the way in which the Broncos and Wilson were talking. But with that said, there has been a lot of debate out there, um, Stuart, and do you believe that uh, Sean Payton was deliberately sabotaging Russell Wilson? No, I don't, Colin. That's ridiculous. Um, I mean, we're into, you know, Area 51 territory, I think, when we kind of go down that route because no coach is going to do that. Uh, especially when you consider that when when this seemed to... I mean, there's been a lot of conflicting reports, Colin. Um, I do think it was interesting that, you know, a, a well-known Denver beat writer um, was used by the team um, to rubbish reports of uh of, of of the timing of russell being asked to take out the injury clause effectively um and then russell himself confirmed that this had happened and um, you know so i think that just i know you're a, you're, you you seem to be on a one-man crusade to to enlighten folk in regards to sports speak and the uh many-sided tongue um that and, and the cheeks that they're that, that they're placed into um, so you never believe anything that anybody ever says when it comes to sports. Um, what I found interesting, Colm, was that I think it was well, I'll come just go back to what you're saying. One of the things I think, and, 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 and the trade not necessarily is the problem, as you as you sort of spoke about there. And I think we've been kind of a lot, we've been aligned on that for, for quite some time. Um, it's not the worst trade in, in NFL history, as some people seem to be describing it. It's certainly the worst trade in the team's history. But, I mean, for me, Herschel Walker, you know, Ricky Williams will always be the two um, that I would set the benchmark for. Um, but I, I think it, the contract, I think, Colm, I think the, the the Sean Watson contract spooked the Broncos. And I think there was a sort of a, a, a panic in the sense that if they didn't get this done, then the chances are Deshaun Watson have balled out Cleveland, which... At the time, Colm, I think, wasn't a crazy prediction given the amount of talent that the Browns had on the team, you know, and we didn't really, obviously, what Deshaun Watson had his, his issues. And, and I, I don't know if we could have predicted he would have fallen off a cliff to the extent now where Joe Flacco looks like a better quarterback than he does, um, you know, or couch Joe Flacco, as I think he should be called from here on in. Um, but to me, Colm, I, I think the rumours were sort of swirling for a while that Sean Payton was frustrated with Russell Wilson's inability to run the playbook um, and and to run a Sean Payton offense. And there was talk of the offense being dumbed down. There was talk of of, of the offense being sort of tweaked in order to suit Russell. Um, 
and it didn't work, Colm. Um, you know, and I think, like, when you think of Russell Wilson, Colm, you think, you know, and a lot of this comes back to, to his Seahawks days. We've seen flashes of it this year. It's the off-structure yeah, stuff. It's the, the, you know, it's the running around and it's the, you know, it's sandlot football. It's, it's you know, miracles stuff before. The problem, I think, is, oh, for certainly better at analysts than myself, um, have pointed out that that off-structure stuff looks great for highlight reels. But the problem is the off-structure stuff is happening when the on-structure stuff is there and is 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 open. Um, like one of the things about, and, I, and we'll come back to it later, I imagine, Carl, but Stidham, who is a journeyman and is a backup QB at best. But what I thought was interesting was that his numbers were very similar to most of Russell's for the season and he was missing Cortland Sutton and he was missing Marvin Mims. And you saw the middle of the field utilized far more often than you would see uh, when you've seen from Russell Wilson this season and certainly last season. And um, so there was it seems like huge chunks of the playbook that Peyton wanted to use were just thrown out the window because Russell was just not capable or or was uh, disinterested in running um, those plays or, or just didn't see them and, and he'd take off and. I think Stink this morning had a podcast and he was talking that because Stink travels all over the, the NFL or different cities, he spent a lot of time in Seattle. He said covering their games and he spoke, you know, an offensive line that's obviously his background and he spoke to, you know, uh, offensive line coaches and, and I think offensive linemen. And the book on Russell Wilson column, and, and it seemed like every year the Seahawks were trying to fix their offensive line which they never were able to manage. But the book was, they reckoned that Russell Wilson was directly responsible for 40% of the sacks in Seattle. 40. Four out of 10 were caused by Russell Wilson holding on to the ball too long, not seeing their primary reads, or or just basically bailing at the first sign of trouble. Um, and I think you've seen that there. Like the Broncos offensive line call, um, which has gotten some work and has had money put into it in recent years, and um, by most metrics is measured in and around sort of seven to ten of offensive lines this year. Not elite by any stretch of the imagination, not the Niners, not the Cowboys, um, but decent and far better than anything Wilson probably had in Seattle, certainly in the latter part of his career there. Um, and yet he has been sacked an inordinate amount of times in Denver this season. Um, so I, I don't I don't buy that for a minute. I think Sean Payton Sean Payton had a cozy cushy number column um he seemed perfectly happy where he was and it didn't seem like he was desperately itching to get back into coaching and he picked the broncos job because of uh the attractive nature of it it wasn't a complete rebuild and he i think perhaps it would seem to me suspected that maybe himself and russell wilson were not exactly a, a marriage made in heaven but going into it and taking the job, he knew Wilson was here. And I doubt very much the first thing he said when he when he got the job was, I'm going to spend one more year this, with this guy and then we're going to tear the whole thing down. I don't think that that's what his pitch was. So I think Pate went into this with an open mind and tried to make it work. And then I think realized that it wasn't going to work because they're just not compatible, Colin. Now, I, I spoke to somebody on Twitter recently and they were asking, like, what is a, what is a Sean Payton QB? The issue with that, Colin, is we don't have a huge amount of sample size outside of Drew Brees um, because there hasn't been that many Sean Payton QBs outside of Drew Brees. But when you think of Drew Brees, Colin, he's just about a polar opposite of Russell Wilson at his at his best. And I'm talking Russell at his best, Colin, not Russell at his worst. 
Russell Wilson at his best and Drew Brees could not be more different. Um, so I think if all we can go on is is Drew Brees, and there was a little bit, I think, James Winston and a little bit of Taysom Hill as well, but realistically, you're talking mainly Drew Brees. Um, if the QB search is starting, and I think I know myself and many other Broncos fans have started to watch college football and look at those mock drafts online with uh, more um, interest than perhaps we thought we were going to, um, I think, you know, we're going to see us linked with quarterbacks that are are of that breeze mold. So I, I don't buy that for a minute that Peyton was deliberately tanking it. I don't think he was setting Russell Wilson out to fail because to be honest with you, Colin, Russell Wilson was doing a perfectly good job of failing all by himself. Um, and I don't think Peyton needed to help that. I think it was pretty obvious to most fans that didn't seem to have pinned their masks exclusively to the I told you so, Russell's going to be the comeback player of the year. You watch, it's going to be unbelievable. You know, it really wasn't, and it was kind of obvious. And when we went on that five-game win streak column, it was because of an historic takeaway uh, run by the defense. Once that slowed down, it reverted back to the norm. You know, we lost, what, three out of four, and the playoff run was over. So I, I think I'm going to side with Peyton on this. I think there's a brusqueness to him, which I think sometimes people sort of attribute some kind of Bond villain quality to him um, that I don't think he deserves. I think he came out of retirement effectively for a reason. I think he wants to, to succeed with the Broncos. So, you know, sabotaging or torpedoing his starting QB, to me, never really sort of held much water. I think then, you know... I, I think that's Russ apologist at its most extreme and, and it's, it's, you know, borderline lunacy to be honest. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, I, I, I think there are problems in the Sean Payton Russell Wilson relationship. I think that's very obvious. But I don't think he this began that way, and I don't think he deliberately sabotaged him in in any way, shape, or or form. I I just I don't see a coach wanting to to do that. I I will point to as well the fact that Sean Payton gave a pretty vociferous defense of Russell Wilson uh, over the the summer months, which seems to be ignored now. But I, I do think that media piece is really important, Stuart, in a number of ways because again. Like people tried to deny when Sean Baton lost the head at Russell Wilson on the sidelines a few weeks ago that there was anything in in that at all. Um, and, and again, it was obvious that this is what coaches can do. Um, but it, it hinted, I suppose, at the relationship a little bit. Um, and the fact that I, I think we exist in a world where you can't admit anything at all 
uh, is is wrong. Like I go back, think about the fact that this off season, uh, you had up in LA, you had Matthew Stafford say, uh, you know, these are young receivers. I got to figure out how I'm going to connect with them. And that didn't become a story about Matthew Stafford wanting to figure out how he could connect with, you know, young receivers. It became a story about, oh my God, they're Ma- Matthew Stafford thinks the these kids are out of touch. And he never said anything like that. So again, the spin has a lot to do with this. And I would say when it comes to things like, I hope people realize the amount of spin that is going on. And we talked a little bit about it uh, last week, but I, I've, you know, as you said, I've been banging this job. But the stuff we have seen over the past week, like the fact that, you know, the the threat to bench Russ, um, it, it, when that was initially reported, it seemed that was a very overt threat and people were wondering what was going on. And then it became obvious that it wasn't that way, it was that Russ perceived it as a threat, which again, it may well, we don't know the exact language. I think there may well be a valid reason why he perceived it in that way. But there are, there are sides spinning here and people just need to, to take a, a step back on on it and like we want to I suppose we admire the players but at sometimes I think fans we almost want the, the players to be superheroes and we we want to believe that our team or franchise would never do anything wrong owners and uh, are going to look to maximize their return on investment um and they're going to do that they, they you know they're going to make decisions without looking at the, the human component. Um, and they hold many of the aces. So I can understand Russ deciding against, you know, moving the uh, the injury um, clause, essentially, you know, uh, the guarantee, because the Broncos put that in. And again, teams hold a lot of the aces. So I don't think that you can come down on exactly one side or the other i think we ended up in a situation where we traded for our russell wilson we gave russell wilson a huge contract based on russell wilson's play in the past we and i think we were probably guilty of it at the trade at the time we were we were all a, a little bit giddy and we ignored the reality and, and i remember though mike sando from the athletic he was the one person kind of banging the drum going the Broncos need to be careful here. Russ is not the same player that he was in, in 2018. And um, he pointed to the fact that Russ at that time, he believed was on a three-year slide. And I think that has continued. But I, ju- I just hope people, I, I it, you can't take sides in, in this in completely because there's still, I think, a lot of truth to come out here. Uh, and, and maybe... You know, someday down the, the line, we'll get the the full picture on this. I think Sean Payton's gruffness, yeah, that let me that that has meant that there. I think I believe there is an agenda against him by some in the media, um, because of how he he approaches things. And again, people, I understand people in the media have jobs to do, so they are looking to get information. And if somebody has closed that off entirely, that can that can be an issue. But I would urge people to, you know, take all of these reports with a truckload uh, of salt. One of those giant trucks that I can look out the window and uh, I see are gritting the roads here in uh, Minnesota at the at the moment. So, well, well, just on on that point, I think, t- uh, and I, I 100% agree with you. I think both parties have have behaved uh, perfectly well in 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 um, 
it, with their own interests at heart. Russell Wilson did not ask, presumably, for that um, injury guarantee clause to be inserted, and the Broncos were within, uh, he was within his rights to say no when they asked him. And the Broncos were within their rights to to ask him to to take it out because they they couldn't risk him, um, you know, being on the roster should he get injured in the last couple of games. I don't have a problem with them sitting Russell Wilson for the last couple of games, Colin. Once once that Patriots loss happened, when it you know became a virtual impossibility of us making the playoffs, there was no reason to play Russell Wilson, um, for the rest of the season. So you know, but I I think as well, like, you know, to me, Colin, it boils down to you are getting quarterback play um that is equivalent to a journeyman um and you're expecting that person to be or you're you're having to pay that person in and around 50 million dollars next year when you can get probably the same kind of play from stidham and you're paying him what five you know that's the reality russell wilson has played like a journeyman in the last last year he played like jesus i don't, I don't even have the words but you know, his play has not been good enough. And that that's the reality. And I think there's been little, you know, if Sean Payton is to continue next year and, and the way things have played out, Colin, it is clear that the Broncos are going down the Sean Payton route as opposed to the Russell Wilson route. If Payton is here next year, he has clearly decided that I cannot win with this guy. And yes, it is going to hurt, but it's it, you might as well rip off the Band-Aid now and begin the healing process rather than leaving it on and then watching it fester next year. Because the team was going nowhere next year, Colin. Um, you know, it was going to be probably in and around the same, you know, given the players we had leaving, given, yeah, I, I, you know, and also you're into the thing where you're kind of going, could they have gotten a, a, a playmaker for Russell Wilson in, in the draft? Or could they got a better line? Obviously, the pairs of being at, at, in, you know, Doug Valley have decided it, it's not going to make a difference. It, the way he is, 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 is effectively broken. And I think it will be really interesting, Colin, to see what happens to Russell Wilson next year. Um, because the team can effectively pick him up for vet minimum once we cut him. Nobody's going to trade for him. It makes absolutely no sense to trade for him. Why would you give anything up for Russell Wilson when you know he's going to be cut whenever that you know the moment arrives when they have to cut him? Um, so a team can pick him up for next to nothing. Um, and I, I'll be kind of intrigued just to see where he lands, you know, there are potentially one or two openings next year. Like you could see him playing for the Raiders uh, or you might see him play for the Falcons call. Again, a team that has huge talent on the roster, particularly offensively. Um, and you seem like they're constantly one quarterback away. Um, so maybe that might be, you know, that might be a landing spot from, but I, I, I think the fact that the conversations that are happening around Russell at the moment, and there are so few landing spots for him even being touted, says, I think, all you need to know about just where his stock is currently. Um, so it's another one to keep an eye on, I think. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Maybe one final point I will make on on this um, before we kind of move on. Um, but it has been such a big story is, um, and again, I just defended Ru- Russ's actions over the last while in terms of what, what he has done. But there's this notion out there that Russ is, is uh, completely blameless in all this. He's a true gentleman. This is a guy who, again, and this is where the Trump Payton piece is so interesting. We are a year on, roughly, Stuart, from a big report in The Athletic, which said, and again, I'm telling people, take this with a Trump daughter assault too, but it claimed at the time that Russ tried to get Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired because he believed they were inhibiting his quest to win additional Super Bowls. Um, and there were multiple sources who said this. Now, the interesting piece is that Russ, at that time, again, this is uh, this is going back, had a preferred replacement in mind, Sean Payton, who had recently stepped down from the New Orleans Saints. Um, and he placed his request to fire the coach and GM in February 2022, within days of his call, top team officials met and decided to pursue trading the nine-time pro bowler. So that, like, again, there is, there's give and take um, uh, in terms of, is that true? Russ denied it, but, you know, equally, David Tepper apologized, apparently, for throwing, uh, you know, a drink at a fan. There are interesting ways of going about denying things and apologizing for things and whatnot. I just think it's a really murky world. And anyone who tells you they know exactly what's going on, I would question that. With all that said, Stuart, yeah, I think we all can say, and I know there there are some stories out there that Russ could be back next year. I just, I don't, I don't see that in any way, shape or form. So the reality is the Broncos are going to be, as you mentioned earlier, looking for a replacement. Now, this is a franchise who have, you know, refu- like since 1960, we have taken four quarterbacks in uh, this in the top in the first round of the draft, right? Nineteen ninety two, Tommy Maddox at twenty five. Uh two thousand and six, Jay Cutler at eleven. Twenty ten, Tim Tebow at twenty five, and then twenty sixteen, Paxton Lynch at twenty six. I I suppose uh, I I'm it's and I've mentioned this I think previously on this podcast, but it is amazing to me that a franchise that has benefited from their their top QBs ever. John Elway and Peyton Manning, undoubtedly the stars of the show in Denver, were the two number one overall picks acquired by Denver in slightly different uh, ways. But do you where like do you think that the Broncos or would you like them to go down that route, short? This is, you know, I we're not going to be taking one or two unless they're willing to absolutely trade the farm and, and would they be willing to do that given the holes across the the roster so what would you like to see the the team do because it it's what what you might like to do and then this is a 
uh, I suppose, a situation where the brothels have tended to look for kind of fixes in free agency and so that's obviously been been better at times than than others um but yeah it, it, it's it's an interesting one to me that this is uh, a team that had the opportunity to to draft in the the top 10 on an, on a number of occasions over recent years and and just refused to take a QB and it's something I hope to get some time when I'm not traveling to dig into to see are there other franchises that had that had opportunities to draft in the top 10 so frequently and didn't take it that decided to go different routes um, because when you have three top 10 picks over the course of, of what kind of um, five years and, and you ultimately decide like you're going to take uh, an edge guy, you're going to take a cornerback and then you trade back uh, in one of them I, that's got to be relatively unprecedented that you have three top 10 picks and at the time, you don't have a franchise guy on the team. You decide not to take it. So are we going to see the Broncos break with what is a, a pretty consistent uh, habit and and take a, a QB? Um, what would be relatively high for them, given that this is a, a team that really, you know, Jay Cutler at 11 is the highest we've ever taken a quarterback. They opted on to quarterback with their top pick home. They, they do. They, there's just no way... Uh end it and um, to me the only question is whether or not they they feel like they need to move up a couple of places and um, let's say i have a feeling we're going to lose this game to the raiders column i i pains me to say it, but i i, I think i i just think we're going to lose this game to the raiders so i'd imagine we're probably going to be picking say 13 maybe 14 i'm not sure exactly i think 14 and um, if results go the way they probably are so you're you're in a situation column where um, we're, we're, we're relatively lucky in the sense that, you know, the time to pull the trigger was Bradley Chubb, Josh Allen. That was the year to pull the trigger. Josh Allen was right there. Elway had seen him. He looks like Elway. He played like Elway. That to me was the great failing of, of, of Elway's tenure. Um, but as you say, like they're, they've had numerous opportunities to pull the trigger and they haven't pulled the trigger, Colin. There's been so you know, we're only, you know, one player away from, you know, keep the defense strong, defense wins championships. You know, you go Case Keenum, all this kind of stuff. You know, it, it, it's, we've tried that. It hasn't worked. Um, and and I think you, you now need to go and you need to have a complete reset bar, you know, maybe going out and trading for Justin Fields, who isn't a Sean Payton quarterback either. I mean, I think Justin Fields has played better and I think the Bears have failed him. But the Bears were almost certainly going to take Caleb Williams. They'd be mad not to because Fields has improved. He's shown flashes, but he's not—he's not the franchise guy for the Bears. He isn't. And if you have an opportunity to get a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, then you take them because you know the old adage is: if you don't have a quarterback, you just can't win in the NFL. And it's true. We've tried it, Colin. We've tried retreads. We've tried you know massive blockbuster trades. As you pointed out, the only two quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls in Denver are John Elway and Peyton Manning, two of the all-time greats to ever play the game, both legitimately in the top 10 quarterbacks of all time. So it's not like we need to go far to find evidence of how important the quarterback is. And the, the simple fact is when we don't have one, we're a complete and utter irrelevance. And we can have as good a defense as we want. We can have the best cornerback in, in the NFL. We can have the best pass rusher in the NFL and Von Miller after Peyton Manning retired. It doesn't matter. Because if you don't have a guy who can sling the ball back there, none of it's important. A lockdown corner doesn't make a difference to anything. All he does 
is make the score stay a little bit more respectable. So it is time, Colin. It is beyond time for the Broncos to go and finally draft a quarterback. Um, you know, this is a good draft class. You're going to hear this, ah, oh, it's not so good. And I'd say the top two or three guys, it's, look, he can make excuses. You have to pull the trigger. Pull the trigger, get Sean Payton the guy he wants. If you have to move up, I, I don't, we don't have the ammo column. I don't think we're in a position to go up and get Caleb Williams or Drake May or uh, Daniels, the LSU guy. But the likes of Bo Nix, the likes of J.J. McCarthy, and the likes of um, Michael Penix Jr. should all be within that range or within striking range to go up a little bit if you need to. Um, I didn't see the Washington-Texas game. I saw the highlights the following morning, but I, I did watch the Michigan-Alabama game, and J.J. McCarthy, I think, is an excellent young quarterback. I think he's kept a little bit on a leash by Harbaugh because they play a conservative type of, you know, run the ball first hard, and that was defense. Um but I think J.J. McCarthy would be would be uh, an excellent option for the Broncos. I think Bo Nix would be an excellent option. Uh, Penix's injury concerns would be the one thing that make you slightly wary. But Penix has one of the most beautiful deep balls that you will ever see, Common. He has what looks like an Exocet missile for an arm. So there are guys there. And I think you, you kind of, like, how many times are we going to go back to the well before we realize the thing is, dried up empty and has got no more to give us comment it, it has to be done so i think i think if you if you you know the, the broncos meaningful football is over for us now this sunday you know if if you're 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 better at this than i am calling i'm older than you and i've had children and um, longer uh, if you're match fit and ready to stay up late i urge you to stay up and watch washington against michigan i think it's going to be a great game i do think you're looking at two quarterbacks that will feature very prominently um, in draft discussion for the Broncos. Uh, and and rightly so. Um, I, I think, you know, to me, I, I when you think of the Broncos call, for me, there's four people I think of. I think of John Elway, I think of Steve Atwater, I think of Von Miller, and I think of Peyton Manning. Two of them are quarterbacks for me. They're the face of the franchise. Now, I know there's others. There's, there, there are others. There's Carl Mecklenburg. There's Randy Gratish. There's all these greats that came in the 70s. There's players like Champ Bailey, who unfortunately didn't make to 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 the Super Bowl. But for me, they're they're my top four. They're my Mount Rushmore of Denver. Two of them are quarterbacks, and they have three Super Bowls. We have to finally pick our guy, stick with him, accept the fact that maybe the first season might be rocky or maybe it won't be rocky. Like at the end of the day, Colin, I know he was picked high, but CJ Stroud was second after Bryce Young. You know, and Will Levis has done enough to suggest that he needs another year for at least so the Tennessee Titans can see what they have. There are guys there, Colin. It, it can't look, you know, the outlier is clearly Brock Purdy. He's in, in an exceptional system where it gets the best out of him. There has been science that maybe Brock may not be the long-term answer, but then again, he'll bounce back straight away and he'll have another good game. You know, he was picked in the seventh round. Tom Brady, we, we don't need to go there. He skews the, the stats, I think, in regards to Super Bowl wins. But generally speaking, Colin, if you want to win the Super Bowl, you draft a quarterback in the first round and as close to or in the top 10 as you physically can. So it is well beyond time for the Broncos to go and draft QB in round one and I am all for it because I think finally then you'll be like Russell Wilson I think was okay Colin in the sense that you know he's, he had enough cachet he had we had seen him up close in the Super Bowl um, 
But the others, the Flacco's, the Keenum's, the Trevor Simeon's, this stuff was, we're, we're all sick and tired of a column. Like, it, this is a, this was and, and should still be a proud NFL franchise, but we are acting like a USFL, um, you know, a, a, like franchise expansion team in the last few years. Like, we are utterly, we had some relevance this year. We had relevance for five weeks. This is, you know, this is awful from the Broncos the last since Super Bowl 50 Colin this has been this has been terrible but bar the odd flash here or there where it looks like we might be finally getting our act together and it all starts with the quarterback when you think of American football Colin the first thing that comes into your mind is a quarterback and we haven't had one we've tried everything except drafting one in the first round um, and it's finally time and don't forget where was Josh Allen dropped Colin? seventh eighth we are we could get within striking distance of 8, 9, 10. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility. But I don't see us getting up to the, the first one or two picks. But yeah, it's sorry to repeat myself. It is time for the Broncos to draft QB, develop a QB, and get behind the QB. Realize there will be times where they struggle. But hey, you know what? We've had we've had veterans who've struggled. Isn't it finally time we, we have our own guy? At least you can invest in him. And, and and grow with him as as he comes to terms. And at least with Sean Payton, Colin, there is a coach there that I would be confident in can help a young QB develop. Um, so I think if he, whoever he picks, because you'd imagine Payton would have a great input into into this draft, and whoever whoever Payton picks, you'd have to think that he has the tools that he's looking for, and you'd have to hope that he can work with him and turn him into uh, a functioning NFL QB, because that's all we... <laughs> At the moment, Colin, that's that's we'll take that, and then maybe as the years go by, he can develop into something more spectacular. But you know, functional QB play, Colin, that's all we want. That's all we wanted for Christmas. We couldn't even get that this year. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, no, I, I agree with, with a lot of what you're saying. I'll end with, with this, I think, Stuart, it, and maybe I'll make this point because it's uh, 37 minutes in. Um, I might need to make the end. I, I disagree with a lot of the talk that is out there. The Broncos fans are impatient. I think that's nonsense. I think fans have reacted to bad football, boring football. I think if you were to look around the NFL, fans react the same. Like you know, it, no matter no matter where you are, this notion the brothers they we haven't g- been given anything to be patient about. And the other piece to me is the language of the front office matters because John Elway refused to talk about a rebuild. Okay, so when the front office sets out its sign in the the yard, what are fans supposed to do? In, in you know that that they are they make themselves hostages to fortune. You can't then turn around and say to the fans, "Oh, you were you were impatient." Well, give fans something to be patient about. The reality is is that when you draft a QB height, people are tend to be more patient. Um, because they they are banking on that potential, but I also think that 
there need to be limits with patience. And I hope that maybe teams are learning a, a little bit more in that you can like the what the the Cardinals did with Josh Rose. They drafted him in the first round and it didn't work out and they were prepared to to move on. And and I think that's the approach I would like the Broncos to take is you draft, you you play, you see it if if the talent is there. But if it isn't, you're prepared to cut bait early. But if you're doing that, you know, on rookie contracts, it's a lot easier than it is on these vet contracts. And uh, I think that what we're seeing, you know, now with uh, with Joe Flacco, Stuart, it, it probably highlights some of the dysfunction um, that, you know, the Broncos, uh, certainly media, um didn't didn't want highlighted and the Broncos organization didn't want highlight in the in the time that it, that Joe Flacco w- was here. So I just don't I don't buy the narrative the Broncos fans are impatient. I think they have been patient with what the franchise has done. But I think if you set your stall out and you say, look, this this is a rebuild. We're bringing a young guy in here. We're going to look to to build around him. I think people will buy into to that. Um. Stuart and I will be back next week when I am back on Irish soil uh, and delving further into, uh, you know, the fallout after the, the end of the season, things maybe. Uh, we might even have a little more clarity. What I would say, finally, is Andrew Pratt has just released an article about the, the Broncos and the Russell Wilson contract situation. This is a guy who did the the... Packers contracts for for years had uh, you know has really good insight um and I think doesn't have a dog in in the fight essentially um and he you know indicates that yeah there are definitely issues on on both sides so well worth checking that out you can find Stuart on Twitter at purpleheartTC I'm across social media uh, at Hunnam from Cork. And if you do enjoy the podcast, please do rate, review, and subscribe. It makes a real difference in helping people to find us. Hope 2024 has been off to a kind start to everyone. And chat to you again next week, Stuart. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. <laughs>